I have these conversations a lot on planes, in bookstores, and in bars. People want to talk with me about pseudo-archaeology, something that seems like archaeology but isn't. It involves making wild and unproven claims about the human past. Things like aliens built the pyramids, or survivors from the lost continent of Atlantis invented hieroglyphic writing. Now, most of us know that claims like these are unfounded and, frankly, absurd. Yet they're everywhere. They're on TV shows, in movies, and in books. Think of the History Channel series *Ancient Aliens*, currently in its fifteenth season, or of the most recent Indiana Jones movie about the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or Eric von Daniken's classic book *Chariots of the Gods*. Here's the crucial question: Who cares? It's just entertainment, right? Isn't it a nice escape from reality and a fun way to think about the world? It's not. Most pseudo-archaeology is racist and xenophobic, and like other forms of entertainment, it influences our culture in real ways. Let me give you an example. It's common to hear pseudo-archaeologists claim that groups like the ancient Egyptians or the ancient Maya. Accomplished incredible things, but only with the help of outside groups like aliens or people from Atlantis. What you rarely hear is pseudo-archaeologists claiming that, say, Romans had help building the Colosseum, or that Greeks had help building the Parthenon. Why is that? For pseudo-archaeologists, Europeans could have accomplished their feats on their own. But non-Europeans must have had outside guidance. Claims like these are not just outrageous; they are offensive. Here and in so many other instances, pseudo-archaeology sustains myths of white supremacy, disparages non-Europeans, and discredits their ancestors' achievements. That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. Fucking you know nothing about that. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and then we recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. We've got another one for you today. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this should be a good one only because it's Cameron's first time watching this movie, and I really want to just see him puzzle through a lot of the plot aspects of it. Oh, um, Jesus. But uh, <laughs> as always, I'm your host, Jordan Clark, my co-host. Cameron Mason. And today we have a very fun guest for you from their podcast, I Want You to Watch This. We have Craig Hale. Craig, how's Hi. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for coming on. I, I enjoy the podcast uh, for, for people who haven't listened to it yet. Give everybody just a little bit of, of what your show is and what they can expect when they tune in. 
Yeah, uh, so I want you to watch this. Uh, I like to call it a film appreciation podcast. We, I mean, we de- we, we do review films and, you know, there's not always great things to say about them all the time, but uh, a part of our podcast is trying to find things uh, about films that we want people to watch you know we want people to uh you know even things that like may seem you know at surface level uh you know you know overly campy or you know just like not have the best uh you know cinematography or you know writing or whatever like we usually try and find something there's been a couple times where uh we've just been like at the end of the episode, like, sorry, uh, this uh, this movie does not align with the intended, uh, you know, the intended purpose of this podcast because it's just so terrible that we don't want anyone to watch this. Uh. <laughs> uh, but that's only been like I think maybe maybe two uh, two movies that we've done where that was the case. Yeah. But for the most part, it's. Uh, you know, we we want we find something uh, in the movies that we feel like is worth the watch. So we have done a wide, wide range of movies, everything from, uh, you know, some like old school, like full on, like, you know, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is like mm-hmm. silent film yeah, <laughs> you yep. know, to, you know, like, you know, blockbuster type stuff. Um, you know, we did, you know, the, that, the latest like men in black movie, which actually is a perfect example of like a movie where a lot of that movie doesn't work, but, uh, the charisma of Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth together really pulls together that two hour, uh, uh, Lexus commercial. Damn. <laughs> so, you know, it, it has its moments where it's like, okay, this is actually still fun in a way because of the people that are in it and what they bring to the movie. Uh, and so, yeah, we've been doing that. Uh, we started that like in, I believe it was like October of 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if anyone, you know, has a sense of time or history, you know, you might understand why right around, you know, October, November of 2016, we might have needed something to uh, take our mind off of the real world and For sure. uh, and find something to enjoy. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't wonder what that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk shit about a lot of these movies, rightfully so, but we are also oh, both lovers of film uh, <laughs> and like to watch good movies, too. So can you tell us something that you've watched recently that you really think people should check out? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know if I can say, I, I, I feel like it's one of those things where I'm just, I'm just parroting what is in the zeitgeist right now, that's, but that's okay. um, Squid Game is really just like, wow. <laughs> I, I, I really, really enjoyed Squid Game. I don't know if either of you have seen it yet, but I have. Um, yeah i'm on i'm on number uh four five i think okay yeah i just finished it like this weekend and uh i started it and ended up like watching it in i think like two maybe three sittings um and it's it's 
it's devastating. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's 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 one of those movies or no one of those shows. Excuse me. Um, that I don't know what it is. Like there's this thing with like really good like Korean like media as far as like looking at Train to Busan, looking at um, uh, Parasite, uh, and then looking at you know Squid Game where it does a really good job of balancing a lot of different tones, Mm -hmm. like, and bouncing back and forth between a lot of different tones, but really well done. And in a way that is just like, well balanced overall. So, you know, there's moments where you're like laughing, like your ass off. And then it's followed by like one of the most devastating moments you've ever seen in a movie. And, uh, you know, Train to Busan is like in my opinion the best zombie movie ever like just like hands down like I can't think of anything else that's really like even close in the level of like what it does and the message that it has and then like the ending is just like I I don't think I've like ever like wept at a zombie movie other than, <laughs> other than yeah, Train to yeah. Busan like yeah, I was yeah. weeping at the end of that movie <laughs> It's a great one. I love yeah. that movie. Uh, well, you have chosen the movie for us to watch today that I think, you know, like I, I feel like because I watched this recently, like I think I watched this movie last year just on like a, oh, yeah, like this. I haven't seen this in a while. Like, let me just check this out. Um, but watching it, watching this again <laughs> uh, this week, I was kind of like, huh, OK, like it even didn't really align with what I remembered it being, which is wild seeing as time doesn't mean anything anymore. But like I felt like <laughs> I saw it recently enough that I remembered it. And yeah. I was like, I don't remember this movie. at all. <laughs> but what what movie, Craig, did you choose for us to watch this week? Uh, so the movie is Stargate. Uh, which is what 1999, I think. 90, uh, 94, actually. Yeah. 94. Oh, wow. That's yeah, an old yeah, movie. Yeah. I think maybe the show was in 19, like started in 1999. I but, think you might be right about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which I was honestly, honestly, I, I watched the show before I ever watched the movie Stargate SG1, um, because that was always on uh like after saturday morning cartoons uh so i don't know if like you if, if either of you like watch the shows after that but like so there was like a series of shows that was like uh let's see um beastmaster was one of them xena would come on after that oh yeah um, yeah like Hercules. cleopatra 2525 mm-hmm. yeah. which oh my god like i need to go back i need to revisit that one um, and that was that was where you fit in that was your genre that you <laughs> yeah fit in. that's a real wild genre actually I, I i definitely respect the dedication for sure well i mean i just grew up and i didn't have cable we were fucking broke so we i didn't have cable oh. so it was like whatever was on tv like after like Saturday morning cartoons, it was like, there was like usually like a two or three hour block of like infomercials. And then after that was like the live action shows that they would do. Uh, and mm. so that was like, cool, this is what's on. We don't have cable. So Let's this is what you're watching it. if you're watching TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, I got, I got full on nostalgia goggles for like, for that kind of stuff. So before we, before we run down the plot, I do want to just ask you, Craig, like, was this, was this a movie that you saw in theaters? And just kind of your your general relationship to the film. Oh no, actually, I only saw this movie. I think I'd seen like pieces and you know parts of it, 
uh, you know, on TV at some point. But uh, I think the first time I fully like remember sitting down and watch this movie was like maybe a year or two ago for my podcast. Um, and it was like not through this lens of, uh, you know, the white savior uh, like framing of it. And so um, it was interesting to come back to it fairly recently mm-hmm. and have that view of it and be looking at it through that, like through that lens. And so it was, uh, it's been, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely have a, a little bit of a different take on it than when, <laughs> I, when I last watched it. <laughs> well, my, my mom is a huge sci-fi, like everything, like everything and anything, like we watched it. So we watched Star Wars, we watched Star Trek, she wasn't really deep into Stargate. Like, I think she was more Babylon 5, you know, and stuff like that than, than Stargate. There was a minute where, like you were saying, Craig, like it was just it, all of it was on TV. Like all these different mm-hmm. shows were happening simultaneously. And so even if you wanted to really get into it, like it was kind of hard to keep up with like all of these different shows at once. So I think she kind of she made her choices and Stargate was not one of them. <laughs> but I do remember... I don't because I don't know if I saw this in theaters because this was 94 and then I think 97 is Independence Day. Um, and we should we should say that this is this is a Roland Emmerich film. This is like Roland one Emmerich of, joint. Yeah, this is <laughs> not a joint. <laughs> one of his like first big I think this is his like his first big like shot at, you know, these big epic almost like let's blow everything up, destroy half of a city kind of films. And so yeah. He does this and this is what gets him uh the clout to make independence day and then go on and make you know subsequent films but you know like it i remember it you know as like a as like a thing and i remember seeing the movie i have to imagine i probably would have seen it in theaters since my mom probably would have been like yeah let's go check this out comes out in 1994 with a budget of 55 million dollars and it goes on to make 196.6 million dollars so that's really uh up in that budget there turn that money over and yeah it kind of got him you know that that clout in hollywood in terms of if you're looking for somebody to make one of these big blockbuster kind of films like he's he's that dude so moving to our our segment of five minutes of, of bullshit Cameron, you have you have claimed that you have gotten this down to five minutes or less. I think which is which is the goal. Uh, So, Cameron, I'm going to get the the timer out here and we're going to see if you're able to actually hit the mark. So we've we've tried hard on this. We're we're getting there. It's it's really gone the gamut of like almost five to like 12 minutes. 12 (laughs) minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready, Cameron, and I'll get you going and go all right so egypt 1928 some old white man with the manpower of seemingly hundreds of egyptians unearths a collection of like casing stones am i right i just want to make sure i'm getting this yeah, right. yeah basically they're like casing stones with a uh, hot strange hieroglyphics painted on them so Cut to almost 70 years later in 1994, this same white man's daughter is tasked with uh, finding Egyptologist and linguist Daniel Jackson, who is played by a pre-Ultron James Spader. All right. 
James Spader with hair. This is yeah. this is hair, James Spader. He's he's got locks flowing a little bit. He's a different movie. dude. <laughs> All right, so they take Jackson. They take this guy Jackson to an Air Force base where they have brushed up and reconstructed the Stargate. Basically, they lifted it up out the ground seventy years ago and they reconstructed it here in this Air Force base. Uh, and it uses the constellations as spatial coordinates. So once they figure out how to use the Stargate to travel, they step through. The wormhole, which is that cool water funnel effect that we've all seen a million times. Oh, also, did I mention that the leader of this mission is Kurt Russell, who mm -hmm. we find he's introduced to us with this like loose Keanu from Point Break haircut, like mourning the death of his son, who shot himself, by the way, in this very yeah. dark subplot that you never hear a single thing about after this moment. He shows up. He's all spiffy at the Stargate. So mm -hmm. Kurt Russell, James Spader, and a ragtag crew of doofuses come out the wormhole onto the desert planet Ab Abydos. I didn't hear so, them say it. Let's yeah, let's go with your pronunciation. <laughs> Ab Abydos, yes. But they come out inside of a pyramid. All right. So as as the whites attempt to set up camp, they happen upon a tribe of locals whom the linguist communicates with using like a variation of ancient egyptian uh he, he does his best at least the locals assume that these guys are like emissaries of the sun god ra and so are they they are taken back with them to like you know feast on food and wine and women except james spader is like no nah, i'm not into that i don't want to like rape a woman that's not, not something i'm interested in so they become polite friends you know they just hang out for the rest of the movie, really. It's weird. Uh, it is here, though, that they find out that Ra is, in fact, an alien uh, who has traveled to Earth long, long ago looking for a species he can use to magically, like, extend his life force. That's that's how I explain yeah. what I've been explained. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in order to also in order to get back home, the whites need a cartouche, you know, like... Uh, how you see ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics uh, in an up to down format where, you know, there seem to be several placed specifically, maybe means a sentence or a word or phrase. Uh, so on this cartouche that they need to get back home, they need seven symbols and they only have six. So they're looking for the seventh symbol. Also, Kurt Russell has a bomb and he's like, I'm going to blow up this pyramid because we don't need this stuff, you know, in our universe fucking up, you know, time travel or whatever is going on I, who knows who knows it's so <laughs> fucking vague why did he bring a nuclear bomb anyway that night Ra shows up in a pyramid spaceship that lands on top of the original pyramid that our heroes arrived in these aliens captured the air force guards at first they had like these anubis like helmets going on but underneath, they're just Jaiman Hansu again. Mm -hmm. Also, do we have the black acting school drop? Can we do the black acting school drop? School. Yeah, we got to drop one for Jaiman Hansu, uh, a friend of the pod, <laughs> uh, unauthorized friend of the pod. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so Ra sets out to destroy the whites in front of the tribes people. But some of the cute ragtag tribes people, like Ewoks, that look like Ewoks, honestly, they look like human Ewoks. Uh, create a diversion that lets them flee to some nearby caves. It is there that their favorite tribe member draws a symbol of victory uh, that turns out to be the seventh symbol that they needed the whole time to get home. Also, James Bader is hurt, uh, but brought back 
with a super sarcophagus that I'll get back to. Yeah. Uh, a super sarcophagus that heals him and then also allows him after he's been healed, he can now understand the language of the alien Egyptian people. Of course. Very confusing and very vague. Uh, also, Kurt Russell and some of the townspeople launch an attack on Ra and uh, in which he finishes he finishes Ra off with the classic line from this movie. Just um, lovely, lovely uh, screenwriting going on here. <clears throat> My best, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Give my regards to King Tut, asshole. And then punch him in the face. All right. So during this rebellion, the beautiful woman who was offered to Jane Spader earlier, but respectively, respectfully spared of rape, is rolling around, rolling around with these white people. And she ends up getting killed in the rebellion. But Jane Spader's like, psych, no, I got that super sarcophagus back there. So using a barely explained teleportation device, by the way, just shows up. Just goes up and down, up and down. Just goes up and down. It's the rings. We just going up and down. <laughs> Teleport her back to Ra's chamber where he uses this super sarcophagus to save her. So they use it again. They use the teleportation device again to escape the ship, but then also replace them with the bomb that Kurt Russell had to blow up the pyramid ship as it's taking off into space. Boom, end of movie. The returning the remaining team of the Air Force guys return to Earth while James Bader is like, I got a new video over here. We're gonna hang out because I can understand her language now. Peace out, end of movie. All right, Cameron, yeah. you wanna know the, the official time? Oh please. <laughs> uh six minutes and eighteen seconds. God damn it. <laughs> That's close it. though. I figured under four pages uh, uh, four pages would do me. Nah. That's close. You you were close. You're getting I there. Tried. We're, we're, we're slowly working our way towards five. Uh, so well that, I tried though. One of the no, that was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's basically Stargate. Yeah, and... it's very inexplicable. I think that so we'll we'll touch on this briefly, but part of the just general <laughs> complaints about this film, whether it was the original test screening, whether it was just most like the actual screening of it from for critics, is that there's a lot of shit that happens in this movie that just is it's not explained, or if it's explained, it's explained just very briefly, so you get just what just you need enough to say i guess i know what's going on but you know we really got to get to that next point and and get in there but that really is the vibe though like yeah. i feel like that's the way your brain is supposed to work when this movie is on because like yeah we're half explaining things not yeah. explaining or just like the visuals are, should be enough right yeah like yeah. i feel like that's the teleportation device is like it shows up and then they know how to work it like, I'm afraid of, like, a blender that looks too complicated. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they, they're able to just step into a teleporter device and be like, oh, I'm going to, all my atoms and my body is going to show up on the other end just fine, right? Yeah. Well, so let's let's talk about, I guess I'll use the drop. Canaver, this is, we got to get this dropped in every show. Hey, yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I mean, let's talk about James Spader because, in terms of being a white savior in this movie, yeah, it it's for me it was a little complicated because it was like James Spader's performance is like if it wasn't James Spader, it could have been somebody else. I mean, he's really basically doing his best. Um, ooh, Jeff Goldblum, like yeah. he, he's he's Goldblum <laughs> here. 
you know, it's Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's he's kind of giving that same energy here. And it's it's also just they don't really put any real obstacles in his way because every time there is something that would conceivably be, be like, whoa, like, how's he going to get out of this one? You know, he just kind of like lucks into situations like when it those was those language like, barriers straight up. <laughs> The language barrier, but even like, how are we going to get home? And then he's just kind of like sitting there watching this kid draw a thing. And he's like, that's it. Like, I figured it out. Or even the the first one, he like he walks in to the Stargate lab where they're kind of like setting everything up. And off top, he's just like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Let me fix this for you. Like, just Mm -hmm. starts crossing stuff off. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're just like, oh, how do we open the Stargate? And he's like, well, like, look at these symbols. Like, this is how you... (laughs) It's how you do it, dummies. Like <laughs> been messing up this whole time, but he's yeah. He really just kind of like is either he's got two modes. He's either like I know everything, and so you know I have no problems, or like I don't know something, but somebody will just inexplicably do a thing, and then that'll I help. It. That'll yeah, help me out here. Mean, like I'm just like I'm I'm just picking up things from the ether because. <laughs> <laughs> even 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 the explanation for the language, right? He's just like, oh, like they're they're just speaking a different dialect of ancient Egyptian, right? So he's like, I've never like nobody's ever I've never heard anybody speak this before. So it was just but they're on of, another like, planet though. Right. Yeah. Like the way that the like the the language just, just the culture develops mm. on like an entirely different planet for it to be in any way like distinguishable by James Spader is absurd <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it literally is just like it falls in his hands. It does. They try they try barely to explain it away in the sense that I guess Ra has outlawed language <laughs> and like writing and like all these things, which doesn't really explain again when you're talking about a spoken language like that's just that's just how that develops, right? That just changes naturally over time. So even if they're not writing anymore, they're still speaking to each other. And I don't think they just stopped developing language <laughs> however many, you know, millennia ago, like he brought them over here with him. I so, guess that's um, my actually that's my biggest problem with this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not even the white saviorism of it, and that's mm-hmm. what we're here to do. Right. But the biggest thing about this movie is like it's inexplicable like transfer of cultures Mm -hmm. so they show like so here's the thing i was nine i was seven or whatever when this movie came out i assumed they went to like ancient egypt you'd have to tell me you'd have yeah yeah you'd have to tell me that they went to another planet even with the spaceships and all that i still assumed it was egypt because all the the pyramids the Mm -hmm. obelisks Mm-hmm. literally the hieroglyphics the language spoken mm-hmm. how am i supposed to not how am i supposed to discern that that's like a fictitious point like <laughs> even even in star wars like other they use like nevada to look like a desert you know like yeah i get that I, and but it's a whole different culture like here it's literally supposed to be another planet but it's egypt well yeah. it's the thing that you know even in like actual like 
you know, if you think about like what is like ancient aliens and all that type of shit. Yeah, and, yeah, and again, yeah. like going into that thing of like that guy's crazy, oh, by these, the way. I love that guy. These, you know, all of these like indigenous cultures, these black cultures, yes, made these <laughs> things that we as white people can't explain. So it had to have been aliens, right? It's like that's disgusting. the only that's the only that's the only possible explanation is that like these like beings came from another planet, like. 10,000 years ago that we haven't seen since and and provided this uh you know technology that like you know none of these like damn meagers could have ever known <laughs> and so like and so obviously like that's what it is and so like that's why like the the whole thing of like the like the alien culture is literally just egyptian like I mean again quote unquote this hollywood like hollywoodization of, of oh yeah because they messed it up good they because messed, like they threw it in a blender good <laughs> because it's just like oh yeah like this is just like the alien culture that like the aliens came from this planet and that mm-hmm. is how we got you know mesopotamia and like yeah. the cradle of knowledge because like that's where it originally came from was this off-world place <laughs> yeah it's it's so like the blatant the casualness with which just just like <laughs> playing around with culture. Imagine if I just like did a movie and we went to another planet, but the planet looked just like England, but no one washed their legs. And that was like their culture on their planet, even though yeah. we know. Like, <laughs> that's crazy to me. The cr- It's so wild, just the blatant disrespect for like, an actual people and an actual culture that contributed like one of the wonders of this world that we are lucky enough to inhabit. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like it, the boldness, you yeah. know, that's, that's really what I'm, I'm a guest at. Well, uh, I guess let's, let's go over to our, our hotel conspiracy corner for a second. Well, how many Caucasian seconds must pass before it's time for me to speak the truth? Um, <laughs> because if we're going to get, right to it right so Roland Emmerich has come out and said very you know blatantly and obviously that a big inspiration for this movie is uh the 1968 book Chariots of the Gods uh which is by Eric Von Daniken 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 uh which was then turned into a documentary and the premise of both the book and the documentary are that aliens came to earth and basically told ancient Egyptians and other ancient cultures, this is what to do. Like they, they taught them how to build the pyramids. They taught them religion. They taught them language. They taught them all this. So it's not even just that ancient (laughs) Egyptians couldn't have built the pyramids. They couldn't have built a civilization or a culture or any of these other things because there wasn't that before. And then they had it. So obviously aliens had to have done that. Right. And it was a big hit. Like the the book was a big hit, the movie was a big hit. Uh, I think the movie, the documentary, it was it was called a documentary, even though it was all bullshit, and it was <laughs> nominated in 1970 for best documentary at the Academy Awards. So like that's how far that nonsense got. That's uh, wild. <laughs> that's but insane to me. It is insane. And I think just as as the premise of this movie, right? Like it is it is crazy enough. It's up there in terms of like Scientology and other just like wild things that yeah. people believe in terms of like, well, of course aliens 
did X, Y, and Z, right? Like, how else can you explain these things? And it's very easily explained. Like, every <laughs> people have explained how ancient Egyptians built the pyramids and other cultures built pyramids. Pyramids, while very... I mean, you look at them, they still are around today. Like, it is, you know, these very impressive and amazing feats of engineering. But that was just, that was just black people and brown people across the <laughs> world. Like, that wasn't uh, <laughs> magic or anything. They just... they They cut a bunch of stones they lifted them and they put them in the proper position like it's not <laughs> you know anything that's that's gonna blow your mind in terms of it's gonna blow your mind in terms of feats of engineering and architecture like yeah. yes that is very impressive but like i don't look at the eiffel tower and then go like oh my god like aliens <laughs> had to have done like there's no possible way right and there's stuff I, like Easter Island where it's just like, well, why is that there? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't know anything about that. Like that is a mystery, but there's no like, well, how did they manage to carve these faces into rock? Like, well, you know, like how did anybody else do that? Right. How did anybody uh, <laughs> do anything? You know? So I think that's, that's kind of the heart of this movie. And yes. I, I want to throw it to you, Craig, to just kind of get, having watched the movie before for your show and then now watching it again through this lens, like what's the biggest difference or change that you kind of saw in, in both feelings? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think like right off the bat, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, just looking at it in terms of, uh, you know, we see this archeological dig and again, with what we know of, you know, museums and archeology span and essentially an entire like industry and culture built off of what is essentially grave robbing like it's it, it, and so it was like from the start i was already like oh, okay yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing this a little bit differently like just already like oh cool like we're we're, 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 we're that's where we're starting of like yeah we're just we're just digging into like these people's like resting grounds like you know and uh and using that to uh again, build a claim for as we move on to, you know, Jim Spader talking about like, you know, in front of like all of these white people, like just talking about, you know, Egyptology as a white person in front of other white people, like <laughs> all of these levels of like, oh yeah, this is pretty much, uh, I mean, how academia works. It's how, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it works in terms of, uh, oh yeah, like you, uh, I don't know if you, if either of you remember, like there was like that whole thing with like the, I think it was like the hip hop museum or something like that. And it was like a white woman was like the, like one of like the lead people. I don't remember the, all the exact details, but this was like maybe like two years ago or something like that. And they were talking about like how they'd appointed this person as like, you know, the foremost expert of like, you know, like for like this museum on like hip hop culture. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, just okay. Reckless. Like, sure. There's, there's like, there's, there's like, and that's like the thing of like, uh, you know, academia and credentialing and how, again, that all feeds into like this white supremacist hierarchy of these credentials and these gate, these gate kept like methods of, the uh validation that uh ignore people's lived experience and ignores the value of that for people who are able to have like the money and the access to be able to 
you know, gain the, you know, the full on like the degrees, the, you know, be able to complete the tests and like all of the, the thesis and the dissertations, as opposed to just say, being like, oh, like, how about we ask someone who like actually lives this every day? It's like, no, 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 no. We, we need someone who, who's read about someone else who's lived that. And that's what we're going to go with as our as our foremost expert on on all of these things <laughs> and so like that was already just like from the start i was like already feeling like these uh these this level of of uh of that like uh just like just it's kind of insidious i guess of like that that nature of how uh even when it comes to the actual culture that people have it is still left to white people to be the the spokesperson and the experts on that and this is like you know this movie again came out like almost 30 years ago but uh it's still not that far off from where we are today <laughs> well i mean just to to cap all that off <laughs> white people are crazy y'all hear me <laughs> No, 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 you see, you see, you see, 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 Because that's the thing, like, when you... What they don't want you to see is you. <laughs> you. You see what I'm saying? What they don't want you to see is you. <laughs> when you look at, I mean, we, we talked about this briefly before, right? Like, in terms of even the writing of history, right? Like, white people at least in terms of you know america have written the majority of the history that we read and we see and we take in and so when you're looking at the lens of egypt or like other histories and civilizations because it, it's wild how <laughs> how quickly they go back and forth right between like oh like egypt is the cradle of civilization egypt was like you know like the birthplace of whatever and then completely erase like so much of it to be like but what about ancient greece or like what about rome or like what about like all of these other places and then we'll come back around and be like yeah how did they build those pyramids and like what what about you know, <laughs> this language and other things and it's like clearly they yeah they invented it i mean there's documented history of european you know people coming into egypt and people from all over the world coming into egypt to like trade whether it was goods, but also just like language and culture and like learn mathematics and all these other things. I mean, that's where, you know, Hotep's, Hotep's love them some Egypt. They love them some ancient mathematics. They love them some, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to put the sun, moon, and stars on, on Egypt, but I mean, they, they love a lot of different things that are Egypt adjacent, you know, anybody with an Ankh tattoo slash earrings or, you know, you kind of get the vibe of how they get down uh but, like watching uh. watching stargate it's wild because like ancient egyptian civilization you would think would have had some like like a larger impact in general but like all it boils down to is like these are visually brown people the bad guys wear like the horus and the uh except for the love interest yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, she Look. is, she is, she is like. Honestly, I was like, <laughs> yeah. so, like I'm like literally. She's a little swarthy. There, yeah. She there's there's absolutely no. I'm saying there's absolutely no way, given like literally every other person in this movie, like other than like the like the aliens like Ra or whatever, like 
there's no way a person that light would exist in this world. Oh my God. Literally, <laughs> she's the only person that is that light yeah. in the entire like actual like quote unquote like alien human population or whatever. Right. Like the, the off-planet like quote unquote human population. Right. She is like like she is. I'm pretty sure she's played by a white actress, if not like very, very like Continue. You know, racially ambiguous or whatever. But like, there's no, I, there's no one that is lighter or as light as her. So there's, there's just like, there's just no possible way that she was just that light coming from an entire group of people where every single person other than her is darker than that by like multiple shades. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked <laughs> when it turned out like she was the one I actually was like, I think I was like eating snacks or something. And I was looking at the bottom of the popcorn bag and I looked up, I was like, here's the woman that we brought for you or whatever. And I looked up, I was like, is that an Italian woman? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, How dare you? I'm I know she's at... an Israeli actress, but okay, she, okay. she was lily white <laughs> yeah i mean i'm looking at, at millie avatar's imdb page right now and yes that is a white woman right. <laughs> <laughs> they and really tried is, to pull the wool yeah. over my eyes i was like <laughs> how dare you they gave her a nice tan before she came on set and yeah uh, threw some sand in her face <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, boy. So it's yeah. rough. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. So you you've got all the all the thing of all the things that you could take from Egyptian culture, like instead of actually pulling from it, and they made a big deal about like hiring a, a Egyptologist to like you know do the language and the hieroglyphs and all that stuff. Right. But like aside from that, it's really just Egyptian cosplay, right? Like it's really that's exactly like... it. <laughs> and they get away with it, and they get away with it by saying it's a it's a different planet, right. Right? right? So they can do whatever they want. They can literally say, uh, "Ra is an alien dude who just wants to like feast on the souls of humans," but or that it's... Anubis is a what a thug in a helmet. Yeah. Yep. Well, <sighs> but if it's a different planet, though, the thing about what they've set up is that didn't Ra create? Egypt so bro, even bro. if it is a different planet <laughs> it's still his whole like design and idea so <laughs> it would just it should be the same I mean it, they again try to explain it away as Ra has just decided to do away with all the pageantry and now it's just like pure work for you know resources to keep him alive which other people have pointed out like that's pretty weird because what as like time, a as like a motive not even just as a motive, but like all this time has passed and you haven't found a better way to get the resources you need other than human <laughs> beings, like <laughs> digging them out of the ground for you. Like you or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you haven't like come up with a better because you've got technology. You got. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you know. have like what the the little staffs with energy beams yeah. in them. You got energy beams bro, and like a healing sarcophagus yeah y'all got the access bro it's like he, it's like doing a lot y'all got the ipad 13 you ain't gotta <laughs> lie to me bro you ain't gotta lie to me you got the capabilities but i think let's i i do want to go around and just get everybody's take on james spader because again for me you know like he was probably the best part of the movie like he it's interesting because everybody in this movie and we'll 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 talk about one person in particular because I love the story behind them being cast in the movie. But uh, 
everybody who read the script was like, this sucks. Like, this is not a good movie. I don't think I want to do this movie. And uh, eventually, like, just the, the bag is what convinced them. But, like, James Bader was like, this sucks. Like, this is not a good movie. <laughs> and did not enjoy. Like, he thought the script was dumb. The, and the behind the scenes of it, you know, like, eventually, like, they try to conceive it as, like, oh, you know, once people were on set and kind of saw what we were doing, like, they got it. And, like, everybody was, like, fully on board, mm. which also isn't true because there's a story about James Spader refusing to come out of his trailer because the dialogue was so bad. And he was like, you need to rewrite this now <laughs> before I come out. Well, I'll, I'll say that the movie that I watched, it looked like everybody did their job. You know, oh, yeah, no one was more enthused than anybody else to do their job. No. I, I think no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think James Spader is just, you know, he's he's James Spader for a reason, right? Like he's got the charisma. Right. Back then he had the hair. So that was flowing. You know what <laughs> I mean? He was do he was in his element. He was doing his mm -hmm. thing. And so I think I think every almost everybody in this movie is kind of slumming it. Right. Like the main people in this movie are kind of like everything that's happening here is below them. It's below. Oh, uh, Kurt Russell. It knows exactly what diet Kurt Russell is feels like on screen he knows exactly to do like the bare minimum oh yeah he's and like he oh this ain't this ain't the thing or this ain't escape from new york this is wow this is a piece of shit so yeah. i'm gonna give y'all what y'all want but i ain't gonna do no more than i got to well that's what he when james spader wasn't coming out of his trailer he was like well when james spader was like this dialogue is shit and he was like yeah that's why they pay us a million dollars like that's why <laughs> that's why we do this you know so i think he yeah, just come on set, flash the steely blue eyes, you know, like do the do the thing, and then that's that's really all you got to do if you're Kurt Russell. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like James Spader's character to me, like the I didn't take serious offense to him. I guess in the sense of he wasn't doing anything that other white saviors haven't done no. before or like been a part of before. Again, he shows up. He's got the the necklace that has like the sign of Ra on it, and then all the, you know, people like drop to their knees and start like praying to him, and you know, so I mean, there's scenes like that where it's just like, all right, movie, like I see what's happening here, but other than that, like he's not necessarily. I mean, he does <laughs> get with God. Uh, that egregious you know, wild. Yeah. There's like three, and then everyone falls to their knees and starts yeah, praying yeah. to a random deity. Like, right? It's it's incredible. It is. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, that was like one of the moments that I was like, oh, ooh. It, oh, it yeah. felt so. It was gross. like when they like <laughs> when they like first show up, and yeah, it's like, oh yeah, like one of the first things that happens is like the like all of these like brown people are just bowing to these like white military like uniforms. There's one. People. It's oh, just like, oh, okay. it's gross. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I need I need confirmation on this because I. I I thought I stayed awake for the whole movie, and I and I don't know where I lost track of dude. But like the black military dude, he died. Is he dead? Because he wasn't at the end with the rest of them. Did he get killed when the when black Rob... military? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it it was like it was definitely like aliens going on in there. It's just like a ragtag yeah. assortment of like, and you know, they they don't even do them the service that aliens did no. that crew. Where you get to know them a little bit 
It's like yeah. for me, it was like one was French Stewart from Third Rock from the Sun, and the rest yeah. of them were grunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Like, and that was well, the fa- the fact that there was that of all things. I was like, well, because there's another white dude who's supposed to be, I guess, recognizable. Oh yeah, as an actor at least as a character. That yeah, because like, he's like the guy who agrees with Kurt Russell. He's like, yeah, let's blow these Egyptians to smithereens right. or whatever his and then his motives are. Yeah, at the end when they're all cheering, like he gets a he gets a single shot of him cheering. So like I think you're supposed to identify with him on some level, but Bro, like, if he's supposed to be Han Solo in this movie, like I you failed. <laughs> yeah. Poor one out for an uncredited black soldier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> killed randomly. <laughs> Cuz I was I was looking for him at the it, end yeah. and I was like Where's my do that? And then I was, did he die? So, uh, unfortunate. But yeah, there's there's not anything unfortunate. <laughs> there's not anything that James Spader does in particular that I was like, yo, this is. Well, actually, he's he's not the full colonizer. He's more like the guy who was on the mission to be like the communicator. So, like Kurt Russell was there to colonize or blow them up. And make he sure was just, yeah, they he can was never really there to, go back. to blow it all up. Like I don't, yeah, right. which is like, all up. yeah, which is like wild that they just like turn them into the heroes after, like, yeah, they literally came to nuke their entire planet. It's yeah. so crazy, like the way, <laughs> like you don't, you're not even supposed to feel any different about anybody's motives as they change throughout the movie, like because mm-hmm. they go there, right? He, they go there on a re- seemingly a reconnaissance mission, like check it yeah. out, see what's going up. And then come back with the with the results. Right. And then, uh oh, Kurt Russell's got a nuclear bomb that he's assembling. So yeah. now you're supposed to be like, oh, maybe the US's intentions here aren't the best. But then also James Spader is just like, I just want to communicate and talk. You know, I just want to talk. And right. But then also there's like the whole part of like when they ingratiate themselves with the townspeople and they like drink their weird milk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, they're becoming friends with the local, you know, prostitutes or whatever. And okay. uh, just, they're like chumming it around with the kids in town that they eventually will blow up. If, the, if that's yeah. the mission, like all of it felt nebulous. And like, I wasn't supposed to know if I cared about our mission, like, if yeah. I was, you know, I guess the audience avatar is supposed to be like the U.S. military people, the Air Force guys. Am I supposed to feel good about our mission or am I supposed to feel yeah. like a little fucked up that it's nefarious? Uh, I think you're supposed to root for for them like they're the heroes of the movie and you're supposed to feel unobjectively like charged up whenever they go into these places and do whatever they're trying to do. Because I think <laughs> the thing about it. I, maybe the most because that's agreed- wrong man that's wrong <laughs> oh well uh, yeah of course it's wrong but I mean- <laughs> it's fucked up that's fucked up i mean that's the movie doesn't care about that that's like cheering for drone strikes bro <laughs> yeah no sure. that's what they want you to do well because what's wild is is uh yo this movie is reckless yo this movie is wild yo this movie well, is a wild colonizer fantasy it's, man it's the kids for me that did it right like it's those kids who just like yeah are like wow i guess kurt russell is cool and we want to be his friend there's a lot of unearned moments in this film where like they just decide that kurt russell is an ideal you know something yeah Yeah. i don't know well because 
it is true. Like they do come in there under the guise of being, if not Ra's, like sent by Ra. At yeah, least, like affiliated emissaries, with Ra. maybe. Right. So you know, there's there's confusion on the ends of of the locals who are just kind of like, are you gods? Because they treat them like gods, or at yeah. least like extensions of a god uh-huh. and they and they never correct them like there's never a moment <laughs> where they're like no guys listen we're not we're from another planet or whatever it's like no we're yeah i guess we're gods sure that's how you want to view us like we'll take that yeah. um and you know kurt russell definitely rides that into basically getting these kids like the kids kind of sort of set up the the rebellion that takes place at the end of the movie because yeah you know the the leader of you know that community is like uh no i don't want to do that like <laughs> y'all y'all go off and do that i'm just gonna sit here and chill but <laughs> you know because i guess that that one kid is his son and so like he because he comes when they when they get you know kidnapped by Ra, and i want to talk about Ra in just a second but when he gets kidnapped by Ra, they you know he comes and he's got like the um the lighter on him that he kind of flashes a signal definitely concerns me a little bit you know what i mean but you know i, I packed that thing too so he come around this way you will get caught carried that thing on me too you know so he come around here he might get clapped <laughs> but that's kind of the energy that that kid had because he had the, the yeah. ak <laughs> under the under the coat and was like let's set it off you know and so <laughs> there's there's just a lot of random stuff like that right where like kurt russell is supposedly a father figure to these kids but like doesn't really do anything and i guess the whole what's supposed to be communicated there is like his kid died because he had a gun and so now he's like yeah entrusting that... kids with guns to, oh like... my god i didn't even you know <laughs> i've watched a million movies jordan i've watched a million movies and yeah. i know that like most anything that happens in a movie is usually going to reinforce the plot or the theme and bring it around i oh my god i didn't even catch that it was supposed to be i want to help because my son shot himself yeah and i'm sad he didn't really have much of a character arc it was just he he was sad he wasn't sad and then he's like a hero because i guess he was trying to kill himself is what is what the nuclear bomb was was like i uh, oh yeah, like I, oh. I, you all go, I'll stay behind and like kill myself, and subsequently all these other brown people. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he saw it as like a kamikaze mission, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go in here, blow these brown people up, and yeah. do me too." Right. Because yeah. I'm sad. Because my yeah, son, no, he, yeah, but was, I want to live because this kid I makes guess. me want to live. <laughs> I guess. I guess his wife wasn't enough. Uh, I think he just... (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's terrible screenwriting. (laughs) Oh, no. There's a lot lot of wild things going on just from from a filmmaking perspective with this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, But I did did want to touch on Ra briefly because uh, Jay Davidson... Yes. Wow. What what a story. <laughs> a lot a lot going on with them. I, I did my research too. So this oh is a boy. this is a fun story. I think you should yeah. tell it. Well, Jay Davidson, you know, I'm I'm terrible at this because I get my my funny games and my crying games and my reindeer games and all the all there's a lot of games. <laughs> Squid games. Dangerous game. Yeah. <laughs> uh but Jay Davidson is most known for 
the Crying Game, which was yeah. uh, a movie that came out in 1992, in which they played uh, you know a transgender woman, and like that was a breakout role for them. They were um, like sought after, but also like did not like acting. Like no, they. Uh, I think you should be specific. They were nominated if not won the academy award oh, yeah yeah no, i mean that was that was a big that was a big role and like put yeah, them... nominated nominated for the academy award for best actor in a supporting role yeah that's a big deal <laughs> but like i think had gotten into drugs and into alcohol and a bunch of other stuff and so was was not in the best place when stargate came around but the producers of the movie were like we we want somebody who can kind of like give an androgynous performance but also like has a very like captivating unique look to them and they they went with jay davidson jay davidson did not want to make this movie <laughs> and was like he got a brain yeah you know, brain. If, if you want me in this movie i need a million dollars and that was he did that on the on the uh like thought that oh they're not going to give me a million dollars to make stargate and they're like bet a million dollars here you go and they're <laughs> like oh okay i guess i'm making stargate now uh, but incredible uh, yeah like i mean he tried was, to bluff the movie out and the movie was like oh psych we got that bread yeah no i mean they it, it was well it's interesting because the movie itself technically is an independently funded film right like yes. they got the movie they got the money from a bunch of different sources that they pulled together and then they were put out by i believe this was yeah mgm so yes it's an mgm joint yeah like it's it's just it's wild to think that like the ploy to get out of a movie is actually what gets you into a movie and a million dollars so like and a million dollars out you know <laughs> Jay Davidson didn't. That was basically it for Jay Davidson. Like, Jay Davidson imagine if you went to like a job, yeah, <laughs> like a job interview for, for a janitor position. You're like, no, nah, you got to pay me a hundred dollars an hour, or I'm not, I'm not cleaning any of these floors. And they were like, all right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> but on set, Jay Davidson was like, not, couldn't remember any lines. Yeah. Um, Roland Emmerich tells a story about like some somebody who was supposedly Jay's handler, like ran off with their money and like some methadone and some other stuff. So like Jay was down bad for uh, a portion of that filming and they had to like get big cue cards for Jay Davidson to read. Uh, <laughs> couldn't remember any of his wow. lines, which is weird because wow. what lines did he have really? I mean, he was speaking some. All of his lines were in a language <laughs> that I didn't understand. He could have said, "Yeah, it was full gibberish." All just yeah, just weird gibberish stuff going on. But like, what a weird role and performance <laughs> in a movie. I was very confused about Ra as character raw as like <laughs> raw's role in the film even even so much as like they don't show up until an hour and some change into the movie the movie takes a long time to get to where it's going to and then takes a long time to get to the conclusion but like <laughs> 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 Ra, I mean, Ra, it's a two-hour movie. It's what, like an hour fifty-nine. It's just under the yeah, mark. Yeah, because like Ra shows up and is like, 
the ultimate evil and you know doing all these things and then just disappears for like a long period of time until good chunk of the movie to come back again to be evil and do bad and it's weird because like raw apparently has like fatality powers right like just like yeah destroys <laughs> a dude's brain right but oh then, yeah yeah his weird superpower he's yeah he can like make you shake your head until you get a nosebleed and die <laughs> and so I don't like having those powers and abilities, which again never explained in the movie. It's just like wh- why, like why, why did any of this get to the point that it got to? Because like, <laughs> should have just exploded everybody's brain like that. That seems right. like what I would do. <laughs> if, if I'm on Palpatine level, you know, power. Yeah, I'm not gonna like chill out one by one, nosebleed my guards to death if they're right. getting on my nerves. Yeah, I mean, so did did Rot make any sense or do anything for either of you, or was that just like another moment of the movie that you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, ideas in this movie. <laughs> uh, how well those are executed, I think that there's like enough here to like. I feel like it does it justified what it became in terms of like having like spinoffs and TV shows and all that good stuff. Uh, and I think that there's some things that definitely could have been uh, both like edited out and also like fleshed out. So there, there's some things that could have used a little bit more explanation and there are definitely things that could have just been like, all right, let's uh, let's just leave that one on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause in the original cut of the movie, Ra was not an alien. Ra was a Egyptian who was kind of designated as the like leader by the aliens and like given the powers and abilities and all that stuff. But then I guess one day Roland Emmerich was just in in his car and was like, "But what if he was an alien?" You know, like that's you know galaxy brain next level thinking. And so like that's Ugh. where the where the changes came from. But they had already kind of shot a lot of the movie. And so they just added like the voice modulation and like the the eye flash oh, the kind of like show you know Ra as like other because even oh. the explanation of Ra as alien <laughs> is like done in a rushed uh, exposition scene where like <laughs> James Spader's just like oh did you read this because like it tells you everything you need to know about Ra and like where he came from. <laughs> He does come out of the corner. He's like, "Yo, I've been, I've been reading. I have nothing else to do but just like study up over here." This guy is kind of wild, yo. He's he's (laughs) out here doing some things. Yeah, it's it's like really, you can tell a lot of this movie was workshopped after the fact and kind of chopped up. Yeah, on Um, the on the fly. Yeah, well, because I guess we can kind of, unless is there anything else you know you guys want to touch on specifically from the movie itself. Uh, the Fifth Avenue bar, I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. The white man just like introducing processed foods and refined sugars. Right. That devil candy out of here, white man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's done in a way, right? Where like the, I, gu- I guess we can call them Egyptians. I really don't know what to you know describe them as but they are so primitive in a lot of ways where like you know they eat the chocolate and then it's just like a revelation 
of like I've I've never had anything like this in my life. And like Did you did you see when he ate the chocolate, like a little bit of it fell out of his mouth? Do you think that was a bit of like a direction? Like, oh, could you be more primitive? Could you act like you've never eaten in your life? <laughs> act like you don't have you never tasted chew? anything ever. <laughs> well, why is that? Because you're proud. I don't know. Roll, roll camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, like, you know, they do a lot of things as really just playing off of like things you've seen before in other movies where like James Spader eats the, I don't know, something and it like tastes like chicken. uh, Oh, oh my God. Some some desert animal. I Um, felt like, I felt like, I felt him say that before he said it. Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just weird setups. I mean, I, I can only imagine what lines James Spader refused to say on set that day. But I mean, he said a lot of other stuff that was just like, all right. I mean, you know, nobody's winning any awards for screenwriting for this movie, but also it's just, you could have, you could have workshopped some of this a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as we said before, Stargate is, basically you know independently funded for a budget of 55 million and then goes on to make 196.6 million dollars at the box office if you go over to um the rotten tomatoes page it is it does have a rotten rating it's not doing too too hot i think it's at 53 percent um a lot of the reviews kind of go back and forth some people are just like the spectacle the you know, like the big ideas. And there are some cool visuals and things in the movie. Like when you look at the scene where they go into the Stargate, like I think in the behind yeah. the scenes, the way they described it was they had a like a water pool. And so they would like stir it up and spin it around. And that's how they got that whirlpool effect. Um, and I then, literally watched a whole YouTube video about. Oh, you watched the whole thing? I didn't. I didn't. I was like. I watched maybe 20 minutes of it and I was like, this is, there's almost an hour. <laughs> this is gonna yeah, I, I watched like, yeah, I watched like videos about the effects and they were talking, they had one of the episodes happened to be talking about, they had the guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Who cool. Figured it out. And I guess the story was they were working on all kinds of effects for what the Stargate was going to look like or what the other side of it was going to look like. Yeah. And the guy brought it in, brought, the the whirlpool effect in or he brought like a loose version of the whirlpool effect and mm-hmm. roland emmerich was like no boo you're fired fires the guy <laughs> on the spot fires the vfx supervisor on the spot and then while he was home he had the better idea of the whirlpool but filming it sideways and then projecting it and uh he showed he set that in and roland emmerich was like all right you're hired you're hired again <laughs> hired and fired and not you can tell what kind of production what kind yeah. of slap shot haphazard production when your vfx supervisor yeah. the guy who literally shows you how any of the special effects are going to look gets fired and hired in a day off of like yeah maybe the coolest effect in the entire movie <laughs> yeah well and then you know they did the thing with uh when they go into the stargate I think he was like, yeah, we just we filmed them putting their face in to the the water tank. And then we just like we we filmed it straight and then we like played it in reverse. So, yeah. um, 
you know, like they had some good ideas. And this was a movie that was very VFX heavy, you know, at a time mm-hmm. where like visual effects were a thing. But like this was a movie that was like 90 percent visual effects. Like yeah. they really were, were trying to push that big time. Um, so, you know, there's people who are praising the visual effects. There are people who are praising, you know, the action and, and all that stuff. And then there is Roger Ebert, who <laughs> gave man. this movie My one man. star. Uh, yes. one star for this film and like this is one of his most hated movies of all time it's in his book uh, the the 10 movies I hate um, <sighs> and like you know he, he has railed against this movie time and time again the quote from his review that gets pulled a lot of times is uh, the movie Ed Wood about the worst director of all time was made to prepare us for Stargate uh, and so he Oof. was was really not a fan. And again, the one thing that you don't see in a lot of these reviews is just like all the things that we're talking about today, which I think is part of why uh, we do the podcast is because nobody had a problem with the Egypt stuff. Like the Egypt stuff was cool. And like a lot of the like general like quasi racist things that happen in this movie were like, that's yeah, fine. Like that's just that's just Hollywood. Like that's just what happens in a lot of these movies. That's true. Um if you go over to IMDB, it does it's doing a little better. I mean like we, we talk about this all the time. You know, a seven is it's wild. That's not bad. You know, that's pretty, it has a seven point one. It's got a seven point one out of hundred and eighty thousand reviews. So that's kind of remarkable honestly what is more remarkable is 99 percent of the time when we do these movies anytime you go over to amazon it's five stars like just five stars all the time this however four and a half stars oh so, my god Ooh. some improvement <laughs> there were 12 there were 12 defectors <laughs> but that's out of four thousand reviews so like people love stargate like stargate the movie, I think it's weird because Stargate the movie isn't as beloved as Stargate the show. Like, I think Stargate the show has subsequent, you know, like spinoffs of Stargate because that went on for 11 years. And it's like one of the longest running sci-fi shows of all time. Um, Incredible. And like, it's very different because Roland Emmerich had nothing to do with the show at all. Like they basically were like, mm. <laughs> and that and it's wild because like that was after Independence Day and like a lot of others. So it wasn't like Roland Emmerich was like, you know, persona non grata. It was just kind of like, yeah, we're going we're going to try to do something different and maybe more like easy to follow that what you're trying yeah. to do because they also like just throw away large parts of the movie and replace them with with other lore that they came up with. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. Stargate, I think for me, um, and we can kind of get into reimagining this movie, because I think one of the things that I just I keep coming back to is like it's unnecessarily confusing, right? Like there's a lot of things that you didn't have to do that you decided to do in order to make these pieces fit together. And I think a lot of it does come back to that chariots of the god type thinking of like, well, we have to have explanations as to why aliens would come to earth because even the explanation of Ra, right like Ra is an alien that came from a species that was going extinct didn't want to die and then somehow put his body into a young egyptian boy who 
in the text it it said steps forward into the light like they weren't afraid so like yeah everybody yeah. else is running away uh this kid just walks up into this alien beam and then like Ra puts their consciousness or their spirit Powers, or something, whatever or spirit, it is, yeah. whatever their, their, their intelligence into this kid's body, which I assume kills this child <laughs> and they just replace them. Um, and then they, they, they lived a long time and then the ancient Egyptians rebelled or something and then ra was like enough of that shit we're gonna go to another planet because the stargates themselves aren't explained right in the sense of like no <laughs> they're you know ra built a stargate and like went yeah. from one planet to another which again fam if you've got that kind of technology why are you using slave labor like you can easily just it seems like you've got <laughs> more just for <laughs> you know it's just, just for yeah got to have those slaves you know i guess uh, <laughs> as we've learned on this podcast got to have them slaves got to have them question what is a fifth avenue bar like i i i think i, I barely uh, remember I think what it has it was. like some like flakiness thing to it flakiness uh, yeah there's you mean like, like a, coffee no, like uh like a crispy kind of like almost like a butterfinger type of Oh okay. Oh okay. Like that a crispy kind of crunchity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because I I was stuck for a minute where I was like, you know, I, I, I'm into candy, like I like a good whatever, but I don't I remember a whatchamacallit, I remember a yeah. Mr. Goodbar, I yeah. remember a like you know, hundred grand. You know, we even had a hundred grand. I've had a symphony bar, man. What you call it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But Seventh Avenue or Fifth yeah. Avenue. Sorry, I live in New York, so I'm all screwed up. <laughs> Peanut butter crunch layers. Wow. Time out though. Oh, Peanut so butter... that's like a butterfinger. Yeah, it is Wait. like a butterfinger. That's oh, straight up. Copy. Maybe that's why they don't exist anymore. Peanut butter crunch layers enrobed in chocolate. That's how Dude, that's described. a Butterfinger. Damn, Butterfinger, like Butterfinger said, uh-uh, not on my watch. <laughs> Butterfinger's out here to crush the opposition. But enrobed, enrobed in chocolate, that's, that's I don't know. a different level of description. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what would uh, you all do to reimagine Stargate as a different movie sans the White Savior? As, as I've said before, Craig, like I've just said i don't think we should make this movie again so you know if you if you feel like stargate is like uh eh, like we do we really need stargate in the world like you can always just say mm -mm. like we could just pass on this one but in your mind like trying to reimagine stargate as a different movie is there things that you would change to kind of correct some of the the white saviorisms of the film uh yeah i mean i guess you know what you what you what you says is you know, valid in terms of <laughs> just not <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I mean, just for me personally, like I just anytime like the military is involved, it's just like a nah for me. So uh maybe like getting rid of that aspect of it. Let's see. Yeah, or maybe even like 
maybe like turning it around of like, oh, instead of like this alien culture like came to earth and like showed these people whatever, like having it be, oh, like these people uh, maybe it was like, oh, like there was like a reset button that was hit on earth at some point after like this like Egyptian culture like unlocked something that was like too powerful for the time and they didn't have the ability to like handle it. And so like they like ended up like gaining access to like these levels of like knowledge and things that they like weren't ready to like, that felt like the world wasn't ready for at the time. Uh, and then there's some sort of, you know, I don't know, infighting or, you know, global catastrophe that like, uh, you know, kind of halted, you know, kind of like the, the burning of the Library of Alexandria, like that kind of a deal, mm -hmm. but like just like on a greater level of like, mm -hmm. oh, all of this knowledge that was there is like lost to the world. So we don't, we don't really know exactly like what they've discovered or how like they discovered it. But we know that like this major like thing happened. And when we look back now, it's just like this giant blank space in history in history. Yeah. That's a much more interesting plot than <laughs> anything I was given in this movie. Cameron, what do you think? Um, well, I'm with Craig. That was an interesting plot. I actually would be interested in that. Um I don't know. No aliens. Like, why do ancient Egyptians have to be aliens? Why can't they just exist? This is uh, so dumb. Uh, well, because I, black people can't do things. They we just, couldn't. They have, just don't have it in them. They just don't have it. Have, it's just. No. I don't know. I, I have to, actually this really great. Um, you know, I, I've really been looking into this great. Uh, you know, scientific process. Um, it's called like phrenology. You know, <laughs> so, so it's just like they just, they just measure skulls, and you know they yeah. they let you know based on the, the size of the skull, you know that uh, you know black oh. people's like the density of their brain of their mm -hmm. of their bones is actually thicker. So while their heads are like bigger, the space like in between like mm. the forehead and the brain is smaller. So they actually have smaller brains overall. So that, drop that's, that knowledge. Son. Yeah, drop yeah, that yeah, knowledge. yeah, yeah. So so I just I just yeah I just thought John White might want to know that. So that you way, figured it out, man. Yeah, no, so we figured. Can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this yeah, this movie was egregious. This movie was playing fast and loose with actual humans that existed. That shit ain't cute. Um it really is not. Like once I what now that I know this, it's it's definitely not cute. Uh shout out to Jay Davidson for getting his bag and running. Um but yeah, who say what? I said certainly got paid. Certainly got thank God. Yeah. Um, so at least somebody, you know, made out like a bandit. <laughs> yeah, this movie um, is problematic and like not even just in the plot, like with its handling of culture and even with its handling of its own mythos, like the 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 worst, the saddest part about any creative endeavor is wasted potential like if you can see a movie and actively see the wasted potential going on within it that that's no good <laughs> that's no bueno 
Yeah. Like it's it's like watching Star Wars, but George Lucas like was so tired by the middle of writing this. He was like, I'm just <laughs> let somebody else do it. Let's finish it up and I'll shoot the thing. Like it looks and it looks hokey too. Like you can see the strings pulling one of the pulling one of the starfighters in the later part. You can see the strings, mm. bro. It's bad. It's not a good movie. We don't have to redo this, but <laughs> watch Craig's movie instead. <laughs> um i guess for me like it would be interesting to almost do it in reverse right like ancient egyptians kind of like they did it right like they did uh-huh. all the things they wanted to do on earth uh-huh. and so you know they built the stargate and they left earth to go to another planet and kind of like continue you know like their civilization like beyond the stars and all that afrofuturism stuff. vibes yeah, so then, you know, somebody, preferably a black scientist uh, of the time, who was around in 1994, I mean, for this kind of movie, it probably would have been Sam Jackson, you know? I was like, yeah, literally, was like, Sam Jackson was like, literally, the first person that came to mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know if Wesley... For 1994, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Wesley, but then I was like, I don't think he he doesn't look the scientist type. Oh come on, don't don't do Wesley like that. I mean, hey, New Jack a... City did Wesley like that. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do him like that. Well, then maybe yeah, get Denzel or um, you know, Denzel like wouldn't be caught. Well, 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 your version of the movie, maybe yeah, yeah, no, Denzel, yeah, yeah. Denzel's been in some bad movie. I mean, let's not put. Something above Denzel, like he ain't above virtuosity. He ain't above the bag. He ain't above the bag. <laughs> he's been in some stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it probably you know they got to Will Smith after this uh, in in ninety seven. So they might have got Will Smith too because he was on the up and up at that time too. Um, but yeah, I mean, get him if you have to get some. I mean, get Martin Lawrence. You know, get all the all the black people of the time. Yeah, if, to if we gotta them. have a a funny person there, like French yeah. Stewart from Third Rock, we can get Martin. <laughs> Martin Lawrence was in Do the Right Thing, hamming it yeah. up. Like, right, we can do that. But yeah, they go they go to this um, ancient Egyptian new planet that they've established, and you know, from there, I mean, if you want to have you know a, a similar situation where maybe they're being besieged by aliens or you know maybe uh they you know just got stuck you know like they weren't able to get back to earth like they they plan to go to this planet and then come back to earth but they've been stuck here all this time however you want to do it like there's a movie there there's an idea there um where you can kind of have all of the the actual history of ancient egypt and all the things that they did and then kind of expand that into a science fiction film where you take you know a lot of those things and play them up because like there's a reason why people are still fascinated by egypt and like all of the symbolism and, and things surrounding it like it looks cool for sure right so like i i can see why they wanted to take a lot of the stuff you know even just the hieroglyphics and like yeah offer it the imagery you know, incredible yeah, horus and and anubis and all that stuff and kind of you know turn them into characters action movie characters but like having the for real like gods of egypt and we we also are going to do the gods of egypt movie because that movie is wild <laughs> oh no uh, but... we, have to, we have to do it <laughs> oh no yeah, oh, yeah. no no, no, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
to give it like slight credit, it, I will I will give it. You know, the actors in this movie are not Egyptian, and obviously, again, like the main love interest is, is just a white woman. But majority of the actors that are playing the Egyptians of this movie are at least North African, East African. You know, like they're black people. <laughs> so, like, yeah. as opposed to Gods of Egypt, where it's like, what if we just had white people and that's the other thing you know we 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 didn't really touch on it too much but like and every egyptian like reimagining like they are basically white people like white people can't conceive of egypt not only just being in africa but like having darker skinned people like in it like (laughs) for some reason they just get lighter and lighter as as we keep reimagining what ancient egypt was like which what a tragedy uh (laughs) What so, a tragedy. Cast some black people. I almost want to cast Wesley Snipes in it for that reason. <laughs> As the lead Egyptian. <laughs> even <laughs> oh my God. Just out of spite. <laughs> um, or yeah, Bernie Mac was around back then. Get Bernie Stop Mac. Stop yourself. <laughs> I ain't scared no. I ain't scared no raw. <laughs> uh, some of my but... bitch. <laughs> But let's um, move on to our caucasity meter and <laughs> figure out where we're gonna we're gonna put this movie. So, Craig, we've got three levels of caucasity <laughs> that we re rank these movies in, and they go as follows. The first one is Shorts in the Winter, and that is, you know, this movie is doing some things, and it's like very questionable as to why they decided to do these things, but it's not hurting me. It's just like confusing me uh like you've made choices that maybe you didn't even really know you know that you were making at the time but upon watching it i i do have some questions for you um the second level is uh cameron if you want to explain uh the next level is this movie is touching (laughs) my hair which is now now this movie has invaded my space and uh created a problem and a conflict and uh, it is trying, this movie is trying to invade my space and make me uh, anxious and mess with me. Now you've entered my space, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you've, you stepped over a line uh, and now we have an issue. And the final <laughs> level, I think we're going to stick with this because, because now he's made it his, his own, you know, uh, problem. He's made a problem for us, so we have to address <laughs> it is uh the final level is chris martin's cover of pony uh, by genuine with, oh no with, with in bare feet um uh, acoustic <laughs> cover barefoot yeah and it's a video like, you can watch it it exists and then he I, came back i don't think i will but thank you <laughs> <laughs> cursing you with back, that information he did it again on the kelly clarkson show so like he knows what he's doing he's habitually line stepping he's made a choice <laughs> and it is violence and so, and, yes, and that is the <laughs> highest level of caucasity that you can reach with our podcast. So where, Craig, does Stargate lie for you? Oh, wow. Um, hmm. I think that for the the virtue of it doing what it did in terms of uh, the expanded universe it created, um, wherein we did see a lot of like 
diverse casting in the shows. Um, like Teal'c, I don't know if you know the, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, he was definitely like one of my like first crushes as a, oh. as a kid. So okay, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, yeah, shorts in the winter time. That that's uh oh. So you, do you know uh, do you know um what's the game um God of War? Yeah. Yes. So uh, the actor that played Teal'c, uh, Christopher Judge is his name. There we go. Thank you. Okay. People. Uh, is also the voice of uh of uh. Fuck, why am I oh, spacing Kratos? out his name? Yes, of Kratos in the newest. Mm. The, the boy. Boy. That's Christopher Judge, who was who was Teal'c in uh the in the SG1, the, the TV show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Christopher I'll, Judge. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll give it uh I'll give it uh yeah, shorts in the in the wintertime. Um, which again, as as someone who lives in Denver, Colorado, I am very familiar with. <laughs> we both get winter, and there are so many white people here. So mm. <laughs> I understand. Uh, well, uh, sandals too. Sand- sandals is the yeah, thing uh, that still happens in the winter time here. It's uh, yeah, chacos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll give Christopher Judge <laughs> just as a, as a sign of respect. Um, Cameron, where do you think him. this? <laughs> Cameron, what does what does this movie fall for you? Uh, I hate to be such the contrarian here, mm. uh, but this movie is singing along with Pony. Ooh. Barefoot on stage. Whoa. This movie is wow. fucking around, yo. Whoa, let's hear it. Well, on top of it being straight up a white savior movie, these white people from the U.S. Air Force decide to just help out. It turns out one of them's got a nuclear bomb hanging out with them. <laughs> Can't. On top of that, the creative direction of this movie is just playing fast and loose with my heritage, <laughs> my culture. <laughs> it just, just, just reckless and the audacity <laughs> just to be like oh egyptian people couldn't have made the pyramids psych 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 let's have a lot of fun with uh the gods of egypt their language fuck it nobody's gonna know anything because nobody cares this movie is reckless <laughs> i know it's not a biopic i know it's not a biopic and i know it's a fantasy but y'all y'all playing with y'all playing with my people and i don't know if you got the uh the, if you could find the clip from Chappelle's show with um uh when uh when keeping it real goes wrong, the girl oh, yeah. who doesn't like people playing on her yeah, phone. Playing on I don't phone like, yeah. yeah, I don't <laughs> like people playing with my culture. <laughs> uh, I so maybe we could find that clip and throw it in there. Uh, the yeah. same energy with that woman. I don't like people playing on my phone. I yeah I mean I I I'm not gonna your 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 feelings are valid yeah yeah <laughs> I would say yeah I mean I'm sure the ancestors are looking down on Stargate and just shaking their head uh, I would say shaking their fucking heads man <laughs> for me yeah it's weird because I 
I'm with Craig on like this movie isn't doing anything that a myriad of other white savior movies haven't done in the past. Like I know that doesn't relieve it of you know <laughs> like that's like it doesn't make it okay. It make it better. Yeah, but it's like you know there was a I've we've we've watched more egregious films you know in the sense of like the actual imagery and and some of the things I mean you know between White Man's Burden and Green Book like we've yeah. we've gone through it Oof. so I would say that you know it's kind of hard for me to go all the way to to Chris Martin um, <laughs> yeah Green Book is like actually like rewriting <laughs> history yeah like, yeah yeah rewriting actual history <laughs> in a real in a real and completely movie. like fucking up like a man's legacy to the point where like his family was like fuck you yeah <laughs> so i i can't i can't necessarily take it to that level and i don't even know if this movie is touching my hair you know because i i didn't come away from it feeling some kind of way i think really like i have i have a lot more issues with the actual filmmaking than i do with yeah yeah the, with the white saviorism like you know like the movie itself is a mess and there's a lot of things in there where i'm just kind of like you know it's fun and it's campy in the way that a lot of these movies are sure but it's also just like real confusing and like just goes a lot of different places it's trying to do a lot like the original screening of it was so bad that they had to go back and recut it. And basically all of the dialogue that the Egyptians and that Ra had, had to be subtitled in to make the movie make sense. Like that's how oh, wild man. it was. Like they had to go back oh. and actually like put, you know, dialogue in there to explain to people what was happening. So I would say I, I am, I am on a shorts in the winter 0.5, you know, like, okay. you know, <laughs> okay. you, you've got, you've got shorts, they're hiked up, you know, you're, so it's not even like the cargo shorts, you know what I mean? It's like the running short, like you're out running in the winter time, <laughs> you know, with just like a tank top and shorts on, there's snow on the ground, snow on the ground, yeah. uh, you know, like wet and snow and puddles at corners yeah. and stuff. And so I'm just I'm I'm very confused at the choices that you're making in life, um, you know. But I don't know if it's hurting me, you know, any more than than any, a lot of other things are, are hurting me on a day to day basis. Yeah. Um, so, but again, your feelings are valid, Cameron, and we we honor them. Uh, we Sorry, I'm, just, I'm too woke for Stargate. Too woke for Stargate. That, I, I think mean, that's... this is also like your only context for Stargate too. So it's like, yeah. you know, again, I have like the shows that I can like look back on and like remember fondly and mm -hmm. that's good. have that's like good. those nostalgic goggles for. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you don't really have any other context other than this being your first time you've seen this movie. Which, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this movie, wild. <laughs> I will say Too Woke for Stargate is probably going to be our second podcast shirt. Uh, that will <laughs> there. there you go. There you that. go. Um, but if we want to recommend some movies to watch instead, I'll go first because I think uh, a movie to watch, if you're looking for just black people in space, I always recommend Space is the Place, the Sun Ra, oh, the Sun Ra film, movie, which is also wild. It is maybe I just as, watched it. <laughs> maybe as inexplicable and hard to follow as this movie because it just there's not really a plot. Sun Ra is an alien that does come to Earth 
to liberate black people and also play a concert in San Francisco. And like, yeah, yeah. Fun. All right, all right. There's just weird. There's like a pimp who is like, I mean, they're trying to do like some Bergman type stuff where like, yeah, you know, Sunrise playing. I don't even think it's chess. It's some kind of game against maybe the devil, but also maybe just like another godlike entity that wants to destroy Sunra, but also wants to have sex with a lot of women. Like yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's a lot happening. It's, it's a wild movie, but it's also a fun movie. And you know, the yeah. music is great. Hit the hit the hit the uh, hit the blunt, baby. Yeah, blunt, like, before, <laughs> before starting that one, it's good though. It's fun. Yeah, no, That's and I think, certainly fun. And it's yeah, if you just want to like watch some crazy science fiction, you know, space stuff, and like jam out, and like Cameron said, like you know maybe indulge in, in something like that's <laughs> that's the movie to do it to yeah um craig what about you do you have any recommendations um let's see it can be science fiction but it can also just be a, a good movie you think people should watch i well so in terms of like sci-fi um it's not really it's not a movie but uh if anyone enjoys comic books uh saga is oh boy, yeah. like one of if not like the best out there when it comes to like sci-fi and being like oh yeah this is fucking diverse it's queer as fuck it's like well written the the illustration is amazing uh i say it like all the time it's it's what star wars like wishes it could be like in terms of like a sci-fi epic uh you know a sci-fi opera epic that just like is like oh yeah this is like as wild and weird as it would be if the universe like was expansive and interconnected yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there yeah it's so uh, i would i would recommend saga as uh wonderful reading material for people who uh are into sci-fi yeah, and it's it's coming back, you know. Fingers crossed. It's around the corner. They keep teasing it, so hopefully we'll get more saga soon, next year at some point. Cameron, do you have a recommendation? Uh, it's kind of weird that I'm giving this recommendation, uh, seeing as what I just argued this movie was some bullshit on. But uh, I enjoyed the mummy remake the universal mummy remake from 99 with uh brendan fraser and rachel weiss i mean if you're looking for a movie that's going to play fast and loose with like egyptian culture and like real things uh this movie is a little less egregious just a little less egregious but uh more of a f actual fun time for sure yeah i'd agree with that yeah, yeah. well I think that's going to do it for us. I think we've we've gotten to the stargate of it all. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was, I mean, Craig, if you want to sell people on like the shows themselves, because the shows are not like vastly different from the movie, but like they do diverge, you know, pretty strongly from what you see in this film. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, I mean, the. I mean, yeah, the main premise of it is is still, you know, pretty close to what this movie is. I mean, it's just kind of like after all of this has already happened. And so 
Um, you know, it's it's a little bit like almost monster of the weekish type of deal where they're like each week they're going to a different place and uh you know sometimes there's definitely like an overarching like storyline that goes through it all um but yeah each week is kind of like a different adventure and um you know it's like a team that um that i believe like james spader's character is still a part of but it's not yeah. by james spader in the uh. show because obviously not <laughs> <laughs> because he had to get the fuck out of there yeah <laughs> i'm sure they didn't have nearly enough money to pay him for that so Hell no. um but yeah I, I i think it's a really a really fun watch uh i enjoyed it again like again as a kid so who can say how well it holds up necessarily but um i think it's probably worth a watch if you're looking for something like slightly like cheesy but you know fun yeah well craig tell everybody again where they can check out the podcast but also if you have anything else going on that people should be aware of where they can find you out on these internet streets and all that good stuff mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the podcast is uh, I Want You to Watch This. Uh, We're on Twitter and Instagram at IWYTWT, which is the acronym for the show. Uh, And then uh, I am individually on Twitter at Catharticus. And then, uh, yeah, that's about all I've got going on right now uh, is hanging out and shitposting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean what what more could you ask for yeah. uh cameron i know you've been you've been out here getting some some gigs doing some work uh tell the people about what you got going on uh yeah i am uh, <laughs> you know catch me in a random shop ride commercial maybe uh if you're streaming modern love on amazon i might pop up here or there mm-hmm. uh uh really right now working on some comedy working on some short films um i got a feature that's coming up soon maybe it'll run the festival circuit and we could talk about it a little bit more maybe one day yeah 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 so um but really just out on these streets find me at the blipster 1138 on twitter and instagram and i'm jordan clark you can find me on twitter at jr sosa jr sosa 18 jr sosa 18 uh, that's Twitter and Instagram. Comic projects in the works coming soon, happening, working on them. You'll get them <laughs> eventually, hopefully sometime next year. But that's that's it for us. I think we we've gotten through it all. I don't know if I have any appropriate <laughs> drops for uh, us. Well, I think you know we didn't play this drop, and I think that's kind of like uh, sums up this movie and and so many of these sci-fi movies. Whitey on the moon. <laughs> you know he wasn't on the moon but there was three moons this so, is like, like hey but go. this is the third episode of our show that you know that cl- that clip we're gonna know, keep this is getting the whitey on the moon trilogy yeah yeah <laughs> so we'll, we'll 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 keep watching these movies we'll have a, another episode for you next week uh but thanks everybody so much for listening and we'll catch you then peace peace You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We 
We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved.